You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. After a couple weeks of hiatus, we are back. David Cohen, I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the Geeks Pub. Hello, David. Hello. David's a little low energy today because he got his 487th uh, COVID booster. <laughs> it's like his never-ending man. It's uh, gonna be like this for the rest of my life. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the uh, the shot is nearly as bad as the disease. It's not, but it feels like it when you're when it's three in the morning and you've got fever. Every joint is aching in your body. See, the boosters just, never, none of the, the COVID shots did that to me. I, I would feel yeah. pretty crummy the next day. And, but yeah, it's, I, it, the only one that got me was the time that I got the uh, flu shot, my, I think my second booster, and my first shingle shot all in the same day. And then I went and got stung by a bee. So right. the next okay. day from that was pretty bad. But yeah. Yeah. No, they, the COVID shots have never really bothered me before, but this one was a doozy. And yeah, I was running a fever last night and uh, I just felt. Well, you said you also got terrible. the uh, flu shot, right? I got a flu shot earlier. Not oh, okay. the same day. Not the same yeah, day. A few, few, yeah, no, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I don't know whether that's related to it or not. But, you know, these are all on the little sheet that says things that can happen to you. <coughs> um, you know, as long as. as <laughs> And then you read down the down the thing. You may lose all the feeling on one side of your face. Wow! And I, I thought, well, there's that. So I've not had that anyway. So the m- music that we open with, some of you may recognize it. It is nobody recognizes it. Yeah, there's a few people. I would have. Uh, it's the theme music. You and nobody else. Of to Predator, the first Predator. I think that was what eighty-seven, something yeah. like that. Everyone remembers that movie. They don't remember the music. Um, I did. And I think more people our age would probably recognize the... You know, it's a very much... Because what what I liked about the first Predator movie, and all the ones after it sucked, every one of them. uh, Although I haven't seen the one that's on a streaming service. I don't even know what streaming service it is. It takes place where it's Native Americans, and it looks yeah, good, yeah. but I just haven't watched yeah. it. Yeah, I've heard it's good, but I, I yeah, I don't know yet. I I will eventually watch it. I think you got to be in the mood to see a movie like that. Yeah. Um, the first Predator movie, they take you know one of the ultimate badasses of the '80s, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can overpower everyone, and he can't overpower this thing. He gets yep. his butt kicked left, right, and sideways. You Not know. even with the help of Carl Weathers. Nope. Or Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Um, you know, here's these supposed badasses out in the jungle, and they're the best of the best, and they just get decimated by one alien, and it's a predator. And, uh, you know, the predator has its own kind of moral code. It doesn't kill someone that's not armed, that doesn't have a weapon. Um, I, I thought it was a really good concept. I was surprised that Arnold Schwarzenegger would agree to it because he's not the ultimate badass in this movie. He gets beat up a lot. 
Yeah, well, he wins in the end, doesn't he? Well, he, he does, kind of, but... Kind of wins in the end, but... Um, and he gets a couple think, really good uh, one-liners in, of course. Yeah. the uh, Is that is that the one we get to the chopper in it, or is that Commando? Uh, that's Commando. Commando, right, yeah. okay. This is the one uh, he's, you are one ugly motherfucker. That's the one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I... I I, I mean, Arnie made a string of these types, as Commando mentioned, yeah. a string of these type of kind of what are now kind of like would be viewed as kind of cash-in B-movies in the 80s. Um, but his star was so bright that, that you know, they 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 made money. They were, they were successful. I um, think I Predator think- would never have been considered a, a B-movie. It, it, the first one, forget all the stuff that's come after. Yeah. The no, first but, Predator but movie saying- was actually really good. It was really good, but it was kind of sold, and it appeared to be kind of a little bit of a schlocky movie. Yeah, um, you know, uh, and I think, I, I think, it, it, had it not been for the strength of the concept and the way the concept was put together, I think it would have disappeared into just just another. Sh- I mean, let's face it. No, apart from gets to the shop, and nobody talks about Arnie's Commando anymore. No. Yeah. They don't talk about that as one of his iconic roles, but Predator is one that is mentioned again and again. It's the only one of all those, uh, most of those movies he made that, um, apart from obviously the first one, The Terminator, um, it's the only one of all those movies he made that that did turn into a franchise and have load of crappy sequels. There's a yeah. uh, comic book right now. I I want to say it's Marvel, but I might be mistaken. Um that I don't usually care about it, but for whatever reason, I read this one. It's like a five or six issue limited series. Um, it's actually really good. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm surprised. It's this woman, and it's in the future, but she's hunting for the certain predator that killed her family, and she's right. got it mapped out now. Where these certain predators, who almost always work by themselves, kind of their hunting ground, and she's looking for this one. And um, it's kind of sci-fi. It's it's definitely predator-ish, but it's actually really good. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I th- I, I mean, I always felt that the reason that Predator was successful is because it makes the villain the star of the movie. I mean, it's not an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's the Predator movie, right? Um, and the, and the way the Predator is is illustrated on screen and everything. It just, I mean, even though it's a very one-dimensional concept, it's an alien that likes to hunt things. Yeah, it the way the way it's presented is amazing. For certainly for the for the mid to late eighties, you know, with the with the infrared vision, the invisibility thing that's kind of you know camouflage, but it's not real invisibility, and the, and the, all the cool stuff he's got in his suit and the wrist cannon and all that stuff. It was incredibly well put together and i think that's what made made it interesting because you come away from that movie thinking i want to know more about these creatures i mean i've always wondered is the hunt you can't imagine a society where that's all they do all the time right because who would invent all the all the spaceships and the the technology and everything so i've always thought you know if you went to the predator's planet they wouldn't be all be hunting each other because that's just what they do on the weekend right Right. what they do you know (laughs) there'd be all these predators walk around in suits with briefcases designing cool stuff for hunting at the weekend (laughs) Uh, you're hit you're bleeding man i ain't got time to bleed (laughs) (laughs) i ain't got time to bleed yeah, Jesse the Body Ventura, so yeah. stupid. But so uh, so yeah. I, I, what do you no, think of the it, concept of aliens versus predator? Because I thought yeah. that was, you know, could have been something great, and they made it really bad. 
Well, you know, they stick a bunch of, I think it was Marines or something, in the middle of alien or predators hunting the aliens. I thought that was a good concept, but it was just, it was bad. It was was badly executed. And the thing is, is that it's one of those things that I, I I only came out because they, uh, in Predator 2, they stuck an an alien's head on the wall of the ship. Yeah, which I thought was cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, but if you think about it, the Predator is a, is a hunter that, um, you know, it, it, it's like a surgical hunter. It's a, it's a, it's a stalk and kill hunter. Yes. And the aliens are bugs. Yes. Right? It's, it's like, it's like they're, they're like hundreds of lethal cockroaches. To me, it's not that interesting for that reason. Because, it would you know, be if the, the predator is going after the queen bug, you know, and how yeah. difficult that would be. So if, yeah, if the movie would have had no humans in it. make that movie then. No, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, if it would have been no humans at all, you follow a predator ship, no dialogue, period. Yeah. How cool that would have been for this predator to land on a planet. No, And, you know, this little graph show up so you know what it's doing. It's trying to get to the queen. And then the whole movie is its journey to get to the queen. And at the end, it doesn't win. It loses. That would be awesome. You know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but... Um, it's or maybe a father movie. predator teaching a younger predator how to hunt, and they use aliens as... Yeah. Because they're so mindless, they don't have strategy. They just come at you. Uh, I think the aliens are cleverer than people give them credit for. But they definitely... Um, certainly the way... But the Xenomorphs, I think, was what yeah. they were called. Certainly the way they've been portrayed since the original movie, um, they've been portrayed as as like packs of bugs um, yeah and and the thing is with that is that they're they're always going to win because there's hundreds of thousands of them and um anybody who's seen a zombie movie knows that it doesn't matter how badass you are um numbers will always win over a single person yep or a single predator but i i think uh, just to come back to the topic i think predator the movie has has got legs the music not so much i like the i like the relentlessness it's very jaws like it's well you know. it's, it's it sounds like a knockoff of the terminator music which is i think what it was mm, maybe a little bit i mean yep. i i can hear definitely the but that you could say that a lot of a, a lot of those movies even before predator there was these synthetic and then the generic orchestra yeah. playing type stuff hey, it was the 80s yeah, well, everyone, everyone just copied everything else back then. Yeah, that's not oh, too far from the truth. Nobody does that today, of course. No, it's all super original. <laughs> I was, uh, I know you haven't seen Black Adam, and yep. I thought about playing the Black Adam theme, and then I went and listened to it, and I was like, it couldn't be more generic junk. Yeah, just boring, just completely boring. It was, you know, I know you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But it's well, better than yeah. I thought, but that's not saying much. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was expecting. And you remember when we saw the trailers, I wasn't that impressed. Um, but as I was saying to you before we started, I just I can't be bothered with going to the movie theater at the moment. Which is why it's, we're not going to talk about yeah. Wakanda Forever yet, because David yeah. hasn't seen it. Yeah, though that I probably will go to the theater for. I just need to. Uh, I need some time. I like to delve deep into that movie because I think it deserves it. All right, uh, for good and bad. For good and bad. Um, But let's talk about something that you... uh, Well, no, let's save that for a minute. Uh, A little bit of news items. So Jurassic Park or Jurassic World 4 and 5 are in development. Jeez. Why? Why? 
you got to the final one where you took the stars from the first series and the second series and you put them all together and it worked fine. It was boring. Who cared? You know, it's going to end. You know, none of these characters are actually going to die, but you put them together finally and they get away as they always do. What are we missing? Why do we need, uh, is it making that much money? I, I don't think that the last two made much money at all compared I, to I what they cost. So. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I, I saw, I've not seen the last two, but I saw Jurassic World and I actually thought for bringing back a franchise, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I think um, parts of it were pretty good. Yeah. The, the problem with it is that, is that the fundamental concept is just, oh, dinosaurs eat people. Yeah. And they've done that to death now. Yes. So you can't, you can't bring anything new to that really. And, and so, uh, and, and dinosaurs are, um, you know, we can contrast it with the predators and the aliens. Yeah. The dinosaurs literally don't have any intelligence. No. Right. Very little intelligence. And so it is just, you know, it's people with shotguns against dinosaurs and it, it's boring. It just is boring. And exactly. especially as, Everybody in these franchises keeps making the same mistakes of, oh, we're going to put them in a park, we're going to make money, we're going to have people come see them, and it goes wrong. Shocker. Yeah. Um, and you, you kind of, you look at what happened with the first set of movies, and then you go, oh, they decided there was no risk in actually building the park and getting it running, and it will never go wrong. And it did. And then, obviously, the, the second and third movies deal with the ramifications of that. But it's just like, yeah, it's just like this has been done to death. Yeah. Right? And um, they're just not cool anymore. Not dinosaurs. Don't get me wrong. Everybody thinks dinosaurs are cool, but dinosaur movies not cool anymore. Not cool. They they've yeah. done them to death. There's nothing new. And every one of these Jurassic Park movies, and they run from the dinosaurs. Yeah. But that's the whole movie: running from dinosaurs, yeah. running from dinosaurs, and then until you get a shotgun and then you kill one. Now, what was great about the first one? was the majesty of seeing what looked like real dinosaurs yeah. on a big screen for the first time. Because oh, that, up that, until that, then, yeah. dinosaurs were kind of... I mean, they were cool, but in movies, they never looked realistic. No. And the thing no, is, the we first, still don't know yeah. what they really look like. Did they have feathers, didn't they? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, exactly. Apparently, well, well, you know, a lot of the dinosaurs in the original Jurassic Park would change for dramatic effect. Yeah. The um, the Velociraptor, which became like the uh, the, ev- the evil, the real evil Machiavellian uh, dinosaur from the first one, apparently was about the size of a chicken. Wasn't really that big. Which, don't get me wrong... With those claws, is still terrifying, but less terrifying than if they're the size of a donkey. Not if there's 20 uh, of them. Well, yeah, exactly. So I'm not... But they decided to make them bigger so that they could make them more of the... Uh, you Protagonist. Know, because, yeah, because the, the T-Rex is kind of bull in the china shop. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you, you want to you save that, really. And uh, at the end of the day, the T-Rex, everyone thinks, oh, you just run away from it. It's okay. But the... Um, the way they showed the velociraptors as, as being more intelligent and um, pack animals and then obviously, you know, lethal and, and what have you as well um, was well done. The first Jurassic Park movie is a classic movie, yep. not just for the special effects, but also it's pretty well put. You know, it's a Spielberg movie. It's pretty well put together uh, as a story and, and as, a, uh, as an experience. Um, after that, they kind of went downhill. And then, as I said, I quite enjoyed Jurassic World, even though fundamentally you're just like, well, this spectacularly failed 20 years ago, so now you've done it again. Um, but, 
yeah, it, I certainly don't feel a pressing need to go to go out either on movies or streaming and watch another dinosaur movie right now. So I don't understand what's behind that. Uh, money. They- well, yeah, money, but you know, oh, it's, it's a, don't don't get me started on you know the, it's worse than it's ever been that Hollywood insists on just recycling existing franchises rather than doing something. You're right. It is the worst yeah. it's ever been. And we keep no. spending money to watch this stuff. So I, yeah. whose fault is it and, really? And don't don't get me well. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We're part of the problem because you know super move superhero movies came along and superhero movies. Uh, that first Iron Man movie was a little bit like Jurassic Park. And all of a sudden, we had the technology to make what you were watching on screen truly believable, um, and it transformed that type of movie. Um, and yeah, we've gone to see them all. So um, you know, we are part of the problem. But I think the difficulty is there's not much there's not much appetite for risk in Hollywood, and um, sometimes I wish they would start. You know, you know what? If you had a successful original property, you could create new franchises rather than just cashing in on all the old ones, which I think is diminishing returns because it's just like how many more stories can you tell in this universe, even in the Marvel universe? I mean, they're now moving to a point where effectively all of the old characters are going to be push in the background and yeah. they're going to start bringing in new ones because but, they recognize they've got to keep it fresh yeah because if I, how many thor movies do we need yeah you know yeah, well even even chris hemsworth um i read last week has said that um unless it's something own, totally different with the character he's not doing yeah, anymore he's thor. not he's not doing it and uh, he's saying if they brought that then yes but he was effectively saying what he was saying if it's like definitively thor's last movie like they kill him off or something at the end then he might do it well, when you think about the character arc in the Marvel Universe, nobody's had a better one or a more diverse one than him and Thor. Because in the very first, when we're first introduced to him, he's such an arrogant, kind of a dumbass, thinks that he can beat anybody. Um, and then he goes through the Avengers, and it's kind of happy-go-lucky up to a certain point until Phil, until, uh, Phil dies, Loki yeah. kills him. And he realizes, oh, shit. Um, And then he loses his mother, and he thinks he loses Loki. And then he goes on to a space adventure, and it's kind of a rompy comedy, but it's really good. And then you get to the, you know, Infinity War, and he completely changes for that. He literally sacrifices, and he goes through a lot and becomes, you know, a warrior. Like, when he shows up in Infinity War... In the big battle, that was amazing. Yeah, you're like, oh crap, Thor's here. Hell yeah. Um, and, and, that, he and then he off. still loses, and then he becomes yeah, he Fat loses. Thor, where he just does, he becomes yeah. the big Lebowski. That was yeah. a great role. I mean, no. I th- I think that scene with him when the Hulk and, and Rocket Raccoon go to recruit him to go kill Thanos. Yeah, or to do the whole back in time thing because. Yeah. That was after he killed Thanos. Yeah, he is a he's kind of broken. He is, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, well, he, let's face it, he's lost everything. He's mm-hmm. lost his he's lost his world. He's lost his parents. He's lost his brother. He's lost, um, uh, the, you know, the biggest battle in the universe. He kind of lost it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's he's, you know, he's been stripped back down again. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you could argue that. I mean, Tony Stark goes on a a more rounded journey because Thor's is very up and down. Isn't yeah, it? that's true. Um, but I, I, I think 
again, that goes back to what Chris Hemsworth wanted from the character. He didn't want to pay the same for every single movie. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to do something different, you know. And uh, apparently the, um, the whole thing with Fat Thor... They wanted to return Thor to, you know, buff for Thor for the final battle in Endgame. And he said, no. He said, he said, how would that happen? How would he instantly become buff Thor again? So let's leave him as fat Thor. And they did. Yep. You know, he's still pounding away there as fat Thor. Um, it, was, it was all pretty good. And um, yeah, but it, it just demonstrates you have to do new things to <laughs> within the constraints of a three-act Marvel movie where you know there will be an introduction act, a something-goes-hella-wrong act, and then a final climactic big battle act. Well, right? but all movies a... follow the three arcs. Yeah, I mean, that's right. There, there's that's nothing, right. You know, they're all the same. Yeah, um, but, um, but the execution is where it's at. Some of yeah. them do a great job. We want this character development. Some of them are just bad movies. They, you yeah. know... And the ones that try to screw with that natural arc of a movie generally don't fare very well yeah or they're curiosities yeah well look at look at dr strange which really tried to tweak that um and uh you know it wasn't as successful as the previous movies no No, um daniel craigson talks about getting his own marvel series not marvel movies but a marvel series um some people are saying whoa is it gonna be captain britain I don't know. I would. I. I have to wonder, right, at Daniel. I had read that and I thought, really, Daniel, because you've just come off one of the most iconic um, movie franchises in the history of Hollywood, right? And every time you made a movie, you bitched and whined and moaned about hard how hard it was, and you were tired of it, and you didn't want to do it anymore until they gave you the check for the next movie. And having done that, you're now talking about joining the Marvel universe. It's just like you know. Make your mind up, man. You either want to be iconic characters, and you and you're going to engage. It. And I'm not criticising his performances because I think his performances in the in the uh, Bond movies are some of the best depictions of Bond there are going. But he he just makes it appear like he hates doing it, and you just think, well, why would you not want to? You know, having obviously he's got he, he doesn't need to work. Why would you not go back to doing? You know the the stuff that actors like to do. Well, know, the, Knives Out was pretty shakes. good, and now there's yeah. a new one. Yeah, but they, they, yeah, that's that's right. He's doing something different, but that those sorts of movies are very, very different from being a superhero or an action hero. And let's face it, James Bond is effectively a superhero. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. So if you've been through that and you talked at lot at length to people about how you didn't really enjoy the process very much and you didn't really like it and you and you it burned you out and that sort of thing why would you go when your agent comes and goes well marvel are interested you'll go sign me up well i mean i think some of that will depend on what the project is and here's the okay the marvel movies are all a shared universe they all yeah or supposedly anyways they have a you know something happens in one could have an effect or could be talked about in another one they have meaning which is fine and dandy but what i think the strength of the marvel series are whether they're movies or tv shows is that they can be so diverse they're they're not locked into one thing and that's what marvel has shown and now we're seeing a little bit more of that in the star wars stuff uh, that they can do different types of stories they can do something totally different so i don't mind him being in a marvel series i mean he was awesome in star wars yeah i i think Do you remember him in star wars 
Uh, he was a, uh, a stormtrooper. Storm <laughs> some of his best work, I believe. I, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I. Well, we'll see. Um, you know, if, he's, if it is doing something different, but uh, I find <clears> it hard to believe they'd want to attach a name as big as Daniel Craig to a series, and it wouldn't be something kind of big and showy, rather than yeah, I don't you know, know. Him, be, him being a secret scientist or something like that. We'll see. Uh, we shall see. Last thing before we get to our main topic. Um, this is, I was really bummed out when I saw this. Kevin Conroy, who has definitely been the definitive voice of Batman. I mean, when I hear Batman in my head, it's him. It's yeah. Kevin Conroy. He, he was Batman and he passed away. Um, yeah. 66 years old. When he would talk as Batman, good Lord, he, his voice was so perfect for that character. It wasn't just the voice because he brought a real... He didn't just phone it in. No. I and mean, that's one of the things that made the animated series when he started doing that so great is that he took it as seriously as if he was actually performing as live action Batman. Absolutely. He thought about what would this why would this guy do this? What would he do? Why would and and how would those things influence how he sounds? And he he really he and and because he did it for so long yeah, he I was what, 25 years, something yeah, like that. Something he was, like that. And, and he, he literally did virtually every Batman project going. He did the video games as well as the uh, cartoons. Yes. Yeah. He, 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 like say, he even he played pretty much the voice of a, an older Batman in the WB stuff. He exactly. was Batman. Yeah. So, so I mean, he, he really inhabit, inhabited that character. So to, to lose somebody like that, to lose that sort of talent, and really to lose his insights into how to do Batman is, yeah. is really, really kind of tough. And obviously, you know, on a personal level, the guy was apparently was fantastic to work with. He was a true, a true performer, a really nice person. And, um, so anytime you lose a talent like that, who's also, you know, not a dick as many people in, in Hollywood are, um, it's, it's really, really sad. I, I was uh, yeah, listening and, and to us. Young, a, you know. Yeah, well, 66 is, not, is no. He's not a modern he's not a big age nowadays. He um I was listening to this interview he did. And he actually talked about 9/11 cuz he lives in New York. Yeah. And he said for him everything was about the day after that all these people were calling and volunteering but they they had enough, you know, people to go into the rubble and yeah, uh, and they asked him, "Can you cook? Do you, you know, do you have any restaurant experience?" And he goes, "I'm an actor. Of course, I have restaurant experience," yeah. uh, which is <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, so he was making food for the first responders on nine twelve yeah. and nine thirteen, and his experiences that he talks about, it, you know, just kind of shows the kind of guy he is. But. Yeah. It was. I was really bummed also out. Also, as well, have you seen the interview they did where somebody asked him about Christian Bale's voice? I didn't. Um, yeah, right. So he basically says, he says, look, Christian Bale is a fantastic actor. Yeah. He says, but as an actor, you make choices, and then you rely on the people around you to steer those choices into the way that's going to work. He says, nobody helped him. No, you could tell. <laughs> he said, nobody told him. Christian, that doesn't sound right. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's that's the difference. I think this was a guy who really understood the craft, um, which is kind of ironic because he's obviously his best known roles. You didn't get to see him. You just heard him. No. He, he was Batman. No yeah. question about it. Uh, let's talk about the main thing that we uh, 
I think can both agree on, and that is uh, finally, and this is going to be spoilery, uh, yep. Star Wars finally wrapped up the first season of Andor. What yep. was it, 12 episodes? 12 episodes, 12. yeah. Uh, which was long for a Star Wars series. Usually they're yeah. around six to eight at the most. And uh, so to get 12, I was kind of surprised that it was going to be this long. There is going to be a season two. They've already started filming it. Uh, and season two is going to end right where Rogue One begins. Yeah. My fear, to be honest, is I think Rogue One, or Rogue One, is that right? Yeah, Rogue One yeah. is still the second best Star Wars film. The first mm-hmm. being Empire. I just, something about yeah. Empire. But I loved Rogue One. I love the dark theme, that it didn't have a whole lot to do with the Force, even though you do get Vader in one scene. Yeah. Um, but it, that made sense, though, because they were leading up to the beginning of the first Star Wars movie. Um, and we wanted to see Vader in that, let's be honest. But yeah. here's a group of misfits, if you will, that are trying to steal plans for the Death Star. You see this character who, and this is an ensemble piece. This isn't one person, you know, leading the whole thing. He, you see him kill another person at the beginning yeah. of that movie because he's going to get captured and they cannot let the plans or what they're doing fall into the empire's hands. And that always kind of intrigued me that here's a guy who just killed someone because he so believes in the cause. I'd like to see his story Uh, and that's what this is. And they, God damn it. They didn't do it right. I know. I mean, this was, um, this was truly one of, I mean, I thought this makes the Mandalorian look really pedestrian. This was so good. So good. Right. Right from the first uh, episode, where again you get to see him kill somebody, and he, you realise that this is a guy who is—he doesn't make very good plans. Mm-mm. He's really actually a bad planner. But the problem is his specialty. What he's amazing at is once he's in a situation, the best way to deal with the situation. That is his real skill, and you see it time and time and again in this show. And you also get to understand how he became like that. Yep. And um, and also as well the whole. Joining the rebellion thing is done. You realize, yeah, he starts the show. But, you know, he doesn't care about anything against except himself. Money. He wants money yeah, to get money. out of the situation yeah. that he and his. I you can't call her his mother, but the woman who somewhat raised mother. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that is that again, he. he you realize, and she. I mean, it, it, towards the end of the series, they they do they really do a way of of kind of guiding him down that through her even though she's gone yep yeah is she's always seen what he's capable of and she's tried to guide him along that path without telling him you must do this you must do that it's so deftly done yep and what happens in this series is the experiences he goes through he comes to realize how tyrannical the empire is and that and this really, series really does focus on oh, the oppressiveness yeah. of this empire how because shitty I, I, it is from the ground level yeah. And, and what I loved about this, and this is you've heard me say this many, many times, is there's a whole galaxy out there, and yep. all we ever got to see was the same few people around the same few locations. Yep. What I loved about this is it threw a lot of that away. And it basically said, okay, so here's the situation. Everyone knows the situation. What happens in that? How does that work? And they take you through it. And it's it's so well done. And, I, you know, as I said to you on, on text a couple of weeks ago, right, 
if this show wasn't set in the Star Wars universe, and let's face it, apart from a few bits and pieces, it, it wouldn't need to be. You could very easily do this show as a, as a new franchise with very much the same story in it, yeah? With, you know, just change the Stormtroopers, and it's, a, it's an evil empire, but it's not the Star Wars empire, and what have you. You could do this as a generic sci-fi show, right? And I think if they'd done that and it didn't have the Star Wars name on it, this show would be... Uh, it will be all anyone will be talking about. Yeah, it's a shame that not enough people are talking about this. Yeah. I know we're getting because, a season two, that which is great. Yeah. But but it's got the Star Wars name on it, and like it or not, some people that turns them up, that turns them off. Some people don't like Star Wars, and some people assume that it's Star Wars is for kids. Yep. And so, I but don't that's think why I'm glad that a season, uh, a series like this, because people are going to discover this over time. This isn't a one yeah, and done. Are. That. Yeah. They're going to, hey, what do you want to watch? Oh, this came out last year or two years ago. Let's see what this is. And they're going to be completely blown up. Hey, I heard good things about this. And this is, this is, I mean, it's dark, you know? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, in parts of it are actually quite scary. And some of the, some of the ideas they have in here in terms of, you know, how do you make a prison? that's where you've got total and utter control over everybody but you don't have a lot of guards yep and they, and, the, and the way they pull it off is just it's just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yep and the fact that andor ends up there through no fault of his own he's not done anything yeah he wrong. didn't even get busted you know? for what he actually did yeah well that's exactly it of course you know he deserves to go to prison for the things he's done but you know he just gets he just gets rounded up by um you know by a guy who's having a bad day yep yeah <laughs> And That's all it is, to, too. Yeah, and, and and sent to a work prison. It's just... And then I, I, the, when when one guy is going to... He's dying. Yeah. And the doctor is like, nobody ever gets out. You just yeah. go to a different wing or you go to a different prison. Um, wow. What what a wake-up call. And, well, and Andy Serkis is yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing is they, this, they stuffed this show full of great great actors yep right and people who you look at it and you think wow i'm surprised he's doing that Stellan skarsgård is amazing in this yes he's a he's the guy he's, who is he's the, he's he's the, the manipulator who's bringing the rebellion together yeah and he's the money yeah. guy because you can't and, have this big rebellion without money so yeah. the first half is all about this heist to get all the money to fund the rebellion yeah, yeah. And and he is the mastermind, and he's living right in the middle of Coruscant. So he's he's you know he is putting himself right on the line, and yet he's a master spy crafter. He's got the gadgets. He's got all of that. There's a very strong hint that he's a former Jedi, but they've not gone with that. Um, they've just left it there, which again I think is great. The fact is they don't need to shove the Star Wars stuff directly down your the throat. Jedi stuff. Yeah. Well, and to, yeah, but the, the you know the, the the fan service stuff. They don't need to stuff it down your throat. We don't need to see droids that look like other droids from other shows. We don't need to see. Um, Let's talk Jedi about stuff. droids. You know, this the way they handle this little droid is amazing, and this yeah. is what how you know the good guys from the bad guys in Star Wars how they treat the droids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, it's, that's yeah. that's the main thing, which is why Han doesn't really like droids because he's not really a good guy but he's not a bad guy either yeah um when when the woman dies his andor's mom and this little drawer droid says he doesn't want to be alone and the guy says he'll stay there with him tonight yeah. what a 
powerful scene. This little droid who can't emote anything. It's just a little tin can, right? Yeah, it's it's really unclear over the whole of the Star Wars um, things exactly how um, you know how intelligent and how emotional the droids droids really are. Yeah, it's very difficult to tell, um, and um, sometimes they play into it and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and it does seem to be like all the yeah, it's like you say, all the good guy droids are emotional and and uh, and, and that sort of thing, and all the <laughs> Imperial droids are just like. Um, they're just like um, vacuum cleaners. They're just well, the opening of the scene where the droid has barely got his optics out looking as everyone's kind of rummaging through the house and preparing yeah. for her funeral. And it's almost gives you the feeling that it's crying because it's yeah. kind of blurry and he's scared and he's shaking. And, it's and, just and, amazing. And yet when you see him, when you see that same droid when they first find Cassian as a boy, and he's not like that. So no. this is obviously he's obviously aged in the same way that Marva has aged. Yep. And yet they all love the droid. And you know, they they all care about the droid. Everybody in, in the, the extended family of pe- of the people from their crew who are now settled on Ferrix, yeah, they all give a damn about this droid. You know, and they make him, despite the fact that he's kind of shaky and uh, and a bit run down and everything like that. When it comes to the funeral, he's the center of the funeral. A hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 it feels absolutely right. Yep. It's it's yeah. Again, it's it's another thing that's that's the characterization is so well done. So it's um, I I was blown away by how much respect that they gave to that that this little droid. It, it to me it's amazing and you know i was kind of wondering i wonder if this droid becomes the other droid mm-hmm. you know somehow that his body is going to be destroyed or it's wrecked yeah so they take his core essence whatever that is and put it in one of these imperial droids that we know yeah. is with andor uh in yeah. rogue one that would be kind of cool because now yeah, it, it's it could talk different and but but by the same token, we know from what we've seen that Andor respects droids as people. He does. And, uh, therefore, you could easily see him capturing and reprogramming one of those um, those really quite frightening droids. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you actually see those in this show. You know, in you see show, one of yeah. them and, capture and, uh, him and just hold well, him there by the neck. I, like. I, well, I, I, well, I've... I've I fought those droids in Jedi Fallen Order, and I yeah, tell you, they are they absolutely are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they are really, really terrifying. They had so, some uh, uh, in the museum pieces. They had a couple of callbacks to Star Wars video games and even the Clone Wars for the first movie because they had the Gungan shield thing in there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. But so the, the, this whole show, uh, I mean, I what I Mon love Mothma, about it as well, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, I mean, but 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 this is the thing. What I what I think is special about this is that if you think to the original Star Wars movie, yeah, it was it was a Saturday morning flick. Everything was one dimensional. Yeah. I know what it what it became, but in the original it was very one dimensional. You've got the bad guys who are like It was Nazis Flash Gordon. And, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. That's that's but that's what I mean. It wasn't meant to have no. any of the depth that got layered onto it. But yeah, and what I love about what I loved about Rogue One, but I particularly loved about this, is they took that universe and say, Right, well we've got as long as we don't go near the core stuff, we can build as much depth as we want. Exactly. So we get we get we get um Rather than being the Imperial Navy, being the the real bad guys, we've got the ISB, who are like the Gestapo in this. Which and the is, thing is way even, the best way to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. But even with them, they've all got motivations that work for them. They're not just moustache twirling evil people. No. Right. They their job is to keep order and they want to keep order in any way they can. And they're doing their job to the best of their ability. And, and the corporate guy he, who loses his security job because of Andor yeah, and uh, he becomes and, obsessed with that. And and he want he wants he gets so clear that he obviously wants to be in the empire. Yes. Um, and and but and he's resourceful enough and determined enough to kind of claw his way in there one way or the other. He is, he is as obsessive as any of the the real guys in ISB. Probably more so, if anything. That scene um, with him standing there in the first, I don't know, episode four or something five, yeah. where his team gets decimated. Yeah, and he's just because, kind of standing there, like, "Oh my God!" And he can't. Because yeah, the problem he's is, he's not a leader. Is, no, he's not a leader, and he's also he's not a he's not um, you know, he's not the guy who should be going out on the front line. He's the guy who should be in the back room, yeah. figuring out all the. He's strategy. a data guy. That's that's yeah, that is where he is. He's a detective. Yep. Right, and he's an excellent detective. Yep. And you know, now obviously, presumably in season two, we'll see what his arc is. Now that he's he's basically found a way to finagle his way into the ISB or whatever, but yeah, I I just thought every single character, the motivations, why they do what they do, the um, the actions they do fit with their characters very well. There's very little of the oh what the hell why why is that happening? They, were, they avoided that obsession that certainly the most recent Star Wars movies had of just basically right well here we've got to have an action scene so let's figure out a way to shoehorn an action scene in there everything that happened in this show feels extremely natural like it should happen and you can understand why it happens you can understand the motivations behind it happening rather than being oh well now we need to create a scene so what I like is that they're doing this and that they are indeed showing that there's different places that you can explore different stories you can explore in the Star Wars universe but yet we can still get the Obi-Wan series, which was really well done that we completely yeah. geeked out for. There yeah. is a place for all of it. And yeah. to Disney's credit, and I put this on Disney, that they're doing it with Star Wars. They're doing it with Marvel. Um, and that's how it should be. You know, if you got these big universes, you don't have to tell the same damn story over and over and over again with different characters. Explore different stuff, which is why I think Daniel Craig coming into a Marvel series, if if they did a Marvel series in the vein of Andor, I mean, here's what I want from a Marvel series. Let's go back during the snap, during that five years. Was it five years? Yeah. Yeah. Five years where half the population is gone. I want to see some stories right there. We never, we've never got that. How yeah, no, that, you know the, the sense of loss, and then imagine a series where it, there's a husband and a wife, and he's got two kids, and it's I, you know, they live in the Marvel universe, so these things are real. There's pictures of Thor on their, you know, magnetized to the refrigerator, and this guy loses his entire family; they're all gone. Yeah, and, and then and, he and picks for up five his bow years, and, arrow, and he goes and he kills loads of um, no, he loads of he, evil he used a sword. Oh, sorry, actually. Sorry, no, no. Or he, he used a sword. sword. Yeah, he did use a sword. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they did that show already. They did that. But, you know, the, this guy rebuilds his life. Yeah. You know, the the struggles that he goes through, he gets married again, she's pregnant, and all of a sudden his family's back. Yeah. What a story that would awkward. be. Awkward. Definitely <laughs> awkward, but what I mean, what would you do? Do you stay with the new wife because you you've moved past it or here's your family for them? It, no time has passed. It's been a second. Yeah. I mean, there's some really good stories they can do in there. Some one-shot stories. Some, 
I would love to see some of that stuff. I don't think they're going to do that, but God, that would be good. Hmm. But that's the thing. We are at a point now where, look, they're spending millions of dollars on the Disney Plus platform, right? And I would think it's a solid number two at this point. I think it's only a matter of time before it beats Netflix. Because Netflix is just shit right now. They're just shit. They don't have anything. Um, you have to have good quality content. You can't just throw yeah. shit out there. you got to have good quality content. And there's some really good creators out there that are coming up with some really good stuff. So Daniel Craig going to the Marvel Universe, I think that could be really good. Hmm. Do something different, though. I don't want to see yeah. Captain Britain. So here's the problem, because we have talked at length about a certain Kathleen Kennedy who heads up the Star Wars mm-hmm. stuff at Disney, right? And this sort of thing that that we we've been talking about here is very definitely not her bag. But is it? I mean, look at Mandalorian was good. It's yeah, very but, good. Boba Fett but, was but, bad. Yeah, but Andor those, has do been those very good. Rogue because of her or despite of her? I don't know. Rogue She's one. there. She's there. Yeah, yeah, but remember Rogue One very nearly turned into a disaster. The whole thing had to be redone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because of interference from Kathleen Kennedy. Yep. Right? So, did it succeed despite her or because of her? This is my question. And my, my always my concern is that, you know, at some point, they're going to do another Star Wars movie. And is it going to be something like Andor, something amazing, or is it going to be Star Wars a solo story? Yeah, solo I mean, she's, she's, she's both. I mean, I don't know. You know, because that's that's part of the problem. I mean, you look at uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, is a good example. They took throwaway lines that were put in the script by George Lucas because he was trying to, you know, make his dialogue. guy appear mysterious and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, throwaway dialogue, and they turned that into a whole movie. Yep, and they you crammed know, it all just, into one movie. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, right? People talk crap all the time. That doesn't mean every single thing that every character ever says is a is a a, a life-defining moment for them. It's just not necessary. You know what? I remember during the um, during the eighties, there were a couple of Han Solo uh, uh, novels. Um, what was I think it was Han Solo at Star's End. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of them. I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you you ever read them. Uh, yeah, if I did, I don't remember them. Right. Well, they were pretty good. And to be honest with you, what I loved about them is they took. Um, they took uh, the established characters and they did something completely and utterly different with them. There was different robots in them, there was different um, gangs and crews and things they did and, you know, Han Solo it was a, it was a typical thing of, you know, Han Solo again being the reluctant hero. Twelve yeah. episodes of Andoria. I'm yeah. just I'm just looking at a thing that someone posted. Twelve episodes of sheer class. War yeah. stories, heists, secret missions, prison breaks, espionage, all against a gritty sci-fi backdrop. For my money, yeah. some of the finest modern Star Wars we've had yet. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely say. This is probably my fam- favorite Star Wars project ever. Um, because, you know, yeah, more I than Rogue One even, because, because, because there's more of it. You know, and, and we've not really talked about Diego Garcia as oh my God, uh, Andor in this. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that, it, I, honestly, it kind of goes without saying. I yeah, mean, it, none of this works such, if we don't believe him. It's such an understated performance, and yeah. yet it's so believable. Yeah. Yeah, you can see the the cogs working in this guy's mind when he's in a spot. Yep. You can see the, oh, my God, I've messed up again, and now I'm in trouble. 
Yeah, you can. I mean, you know, he, he's very, he's so natural. Every time something goes wrong, he's he's raging against it. Well, this isn't fair. That's fair. Just like an ordinary person was. Yep. But then he settles down, and and as I say, you start. He starts looking and watching and figuring out what's going to be next. And when he does that, he's on top form absolutely and and yeah the just the way he plays the character the emotions the uh desperation he's brought to the character and and yet that same calm confidence that he has you know he, he's he, on the on the um on the ardani mission he's never met these people before he immediately is going well you can't do that you know that's yeah not work exactly and, and it's just like just like you know yeah i'm i'm the guy here you might not think I'm the guy, but I'm the guy. And guess what? You can't do this without me. So you can give me all the crap you want, yeah, but I'm still the guy and I know it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. You guys should change tra- trade places. What? Why? Well, because that's not how stormtroopers work. You, you don't have a clear aim. You're going to shoot. It was, it was great little dialogues that really he is one of the guys. That's him. That's who yeah. he is. And, and another thing I loved is they used real sets for yes. all of it. Yeah, there wasn't, apart from Coruscant, obviously, which you just have to do because it's CGI because of Coruscant. It's Coruscant. But everything else is real places. It's not sunshiny. It's wet. It's grim. It's the corporate guy's dark. mom. Oh, my God. Oh, Did you shit. not hate her so much? I know, but it was such a, such a, you can understand why this guy's got such a hang up. He's been completely screwed up by his uh he's like you know controlling evil jewish mom evil jewish mom <laughs> are you wearing that you know? when you go out oh well, my the, God. the fact the fact that he goes home right in disgrace right and all she will feed him is cereal yes you know it's like <laughs> with the blue milk it's just, it's just oh, you know so it just good. so so says this is why this guy's screwed up you know he's yeah he's got this you know, he he thinks he desperately wants to succeed, and yet everyone around him thinks he's a screw up and treats him like a child. You I know, don't want all the same stuff in Star Wars, nor in Marvel, uh, nor in DC for that matter. I, I want to yeah. see things different, and Andor proves that you could take an established, going back to the well once again, putting it's another Star Wars project. Of course, it is. It's another Marvel thing. It's another DC thing. You can use these properties to really be creative, tell great stories with great actors and great writing, and make yeah. something that is better than what the original was. And that's what yeah. they've done with Andor. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, when you take it as a whole, I think yeah, I have to agree with you. Andor right now is my favorite of all time. It's yeah. just so well done, every single part of it. There's nothing in Andor. I saw somebody in. Um, on Facebook said, "Oh, I finally finished Andor. It was good, but man, what a slow burn!" Yes, exactly. Do you need to have everything just smacked over your head? Look at, look at, yeah. bright, bright, shiny, boom, I boom, boom. I mean, come on. Could they have done Andor as a movie? Sure. Would have been good. Probably not. It would have been rushed. Yeah. No character development. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the performance of a droid. Yeah. <laughs> How amazing yeah. it was. That yeah. droid had more screen time, quality screen screen time, and character building than R2-D2 ever had. Yeah. I mean, who would you really want in your house? R2-D2, who curses all the time, is kind of a little dickhead? Or, yeah. or, or a prissy guy like C-3PO, who just won't shut the F up? 
or do you want this guy that's just going to follow you around like a, sock, a sick little puppy? Yeah. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? It was amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It was, yeah, it's... Seriously, if you've not watched it, go out and watch the oh, show. It's and one of the first shows I've seen, you know, obviously you get the stuff you can binge and you can get the stuff that comes out week by week. This was a week by week. Yeah. But very often what happens with these shows is you think, oh, I need to put time aside to go and watch that. And then, you know, it almost feels like a chore yep. until you get into it. Not this. Couldn't no. wait to watch every oh, single episode. Yep. I, I actually would uh, save up two or three episodes and then watch them all together. Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah, it was, it's just too, so good. Yeah. But for the last three episodes, I watched them the day they came out. I just couldn't wait. It was so good. And, and, and then and then I have to say, when they do call back to the main story, it's done so deftly. Like we find out that the the funny star things they were building in the prison, <laughs> part of the Death Star laser, right yeah. at the end right in the end and it's just like okay so that's the way to do it it's not to shove it in your face or suddenly have you know a message from luke skywalker turn up or any of this have you ever been more scared of tie fighters than when they're walking through the scottish highlands (laughs) yeah i know and And then you hear the streaking past and and they're all ducking down you're like oh shit i hope they don't i mean which is what yeah which is what you want because You've got to remember, you know, in in the movies, those things are like cannon fodder. Yes. Yeah, and they just get yeah. They are. They have no armor. They have uh, one weapon. Then their only um, trait is there's lots of them, and they're really fast. Yeah. Yep. But you realize that actually that works as a as a terror weapon. You know. Yeah, and it was they can, were scary in them this. Coming. They yeah. were absolutely scary in this. Yeah. You know, it yeah. man, they just did so well on this series. It's just amazing. Um, I'm almost sad that there's only one season left because hey these char- say, this yeah. character dies i mean yeah but my my I, I my only concern when i heard there was only going to be two series and then seeing where we've ended up with the end of season one where he's only just in the rebellion yeah but the next right? the season two is going to span a 10-year period where every right, three episodes gonna say, cause, jumps cause ahead that's, that's what i want to see i don't want them to to just basically have one episode in his life up between then and Rogue One, and then we jump straight to Rogue One. I want to see the- no. It's it's going to be a time jump. Every three episodes yeah. is going to be another two years or something, which I think is the way to go. Because you got to yeah. get to Rogue One. I could use ten seasons of this, but I just don't think oh, there's yeah, enough stories a- there. No. Oh, but which? What do you, okay, where maybe. where do they go with? I know they're going to do stuff. You know, pre Empire pre-star wars they're going to go back in time and tell some stories there the new republic which is fine um but man yes we love jedi we do we love the sith we we do i've had enough of those stories let's do something different here it's been done to death absolutely but then we say that but then i'm watching a fan edit of kenobi he narrowed it he crunched the entire series down into one movie and he got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And it is so much better than the series. Yeah. But here's, I mean, we're saying all this about Andor kind of putting aside that it's so much better than everything else. And it is. But let's not pretend that Kenobi wasn't a great series. Here's it Obi-Wan was. who's suffering from, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome. He is was, He's a broken yeah. man. And it was a uh, Kenobi was a great series, but it was nowhere near as good as this. No, but it's a different type of show. I mean, yeah. it is the magic swords, it is the force powers, it is Vader, 
I mean, it is the Imperial Navy. It is uh, these desperate rebel guys trying to get away. I mean, and yeah, it had a lot of action. Darth Vader stops a ship from launching and rips it apart with the force. That was amazing. I I still want to see stuff like that. So the nice thing about Star Wars is, and the Disney Plus universe, if you will, is they can do all of these different stories and they can still be connected. We we live in an abundance of riches. Absolutely. (laughs) An entire galaxy. But this galaxy is ending right here because we're going to wrap up this episode of The Geeks Pub. Appreciate you guys listening. Love it if you sent us some feedback. It's the show at geekspubpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week, David. You got anything? Nope. I'm going to go back to bed because I am sweating like you wouldn't believe. Just because you can hear my delicate voice right here. Makes you sweat. (laughs) Maybe. See you in a week on Tech Fan. See you then.